0: Welcome to Lockdown Listen, a community keyboard daily delve into the program archives over the past four decades and featuring music and conversation with Ian home and some of the organ and keyboard world greats. I really can't understand why we've never caught up with my special guest uh, previously but nevertheless I'm delighted to welcome to the programme, the legendary Tony Fenlon. Oh.
1: Welcome to the <laughs> Thanks very much Ian. Now
0: Tony, your um, biography details tell me that your early musical keyboard life was, was with the, the piano. I have to say I'm always puzzled by the fact that many organists seem to start this way and then transferred loyalty onto the organ and I've heard many different reasons from many different artists so over the years. What was yours?
1: Um, well, as you say, I started on the piano when I was a kid and did all the normal things with my parents holding the whip over me, although they really didn't have to. I think in spite of the fact that practice was a bit of a, a nasty word, I really did love playing the piano. And later on when I got the opportunity of playing with symphony orchestras, I think that introduced a whole different dimension. And that came when I was about or oh, 14 years old, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, my dad had a friend who purchased an old cinema organ in Melbourne and actually reinstalled it in his home by bricking up half the lounge room and putting the pipes in one half and the organ console in the other half. And we used to go there on Saturday afternoons and I used to just revel in this sound, although it was only a baby theatre organ. And I guess that's when the bug of the theatre organ really bit me. And Dad took me to theatres in Melbourne when the World were still playing. And the sight of this magnificent instrument coming up and this white-coated organist there just creating this amazing sound that just completely enveloped you. I think that really embedded itself into me at a very early age. And when the opportunity came to play theatre organs in Melbourne, I uh, really jumped at it and I, had, I ended up getting the residency at Melbourne's Regent Theatre from about 1964 to 69, 70 when it closed. It's just been reopened again after being closed for nearly 30 years. Right. And there's a new Wurlitzer in there, the biggest Wurlitzer in the Southern Hemisphere now.
0: I'm glad you mentioned specifically the the, the theatre organ, because I wanted to to just dwell on that point for a couple of moments before we talked about electronics. Um, I suppose the theatre organ scene here too, Tony, is is seemingly enjoying something of... Period. Um, are you having the opportunity
1: to get hands-on on any of our installations over here? Oh, very much so. The last three days I've spent a bit of time at uh, Stockport Town Hall and uh, laid down some tracks, also set up registrations and in preparation for the great opening concert on okay. November the 19th with Nigel Ogden.
0: Are you looking forward to that? Oh,
1: very much so. Obviously the, the Stockport Town Hall um, event is
0: going to be a very grand affair and um, as we've mentioned on, on previous programmes, It's already sold out. It's a marathon event. Clearly, people want to hear Tony Fenelon in in full concert mode, but yet uh, here we are at a small or a a, a relatively small music dealership in Oldham where the the, the people can just walk in off the street, quite literally, Hmm. and and hear you you play on an electronic organ, Tony. Do, Do you get um how should we put this? well do you enjoy this ironic swing between formal and informal say a, a demonstrator
1: one minute and the star on the stage the next i i actually i i think it's all part of the spectrum yeah. of music i love talking to people because um we would be nowhere on the concert platform if it weren't for our audiences and our audiences you know, They start right from a very young age. There are a lot of people that are retired. People that just want to come in and have a chat. Mm-hmm. People that can't even play. And I think without them, it just would not be a career and we wouldn't get the enjoyment out of it. So it's a two-way thing. And I get a great kick out of just talking to people and enjoying the music of the electronic organs as we have this morning with people, not just from the point of view of urging them to buy something. I think if they don't enjoy what they've got at home, be it a Yamaha, a Roland or a Technics or whatever, if they don't enjoy that then they're not going to be really interested in the whole genre of, sure. of organ playing. And I think if they do, and they have some means of being able to get more out of their instrument, then they're going to go along to the concerts and they're going to go home and try and emulate the sound they've heard on the concert platform, be it a pipe organ or an electronic. I think it's all part of the overall development of the passion of music right. back into to people again.
0: i talked to many organists who seem to be quite content with their own little familiar bit of the organ market and yet it seems to me that you're one artist who seems very eager to explore new technologies. Um, okay, for instance, the Roland instruments that we, we've been hearing today. Um, I recall that, that Hector Oliveira, who who shares a similar interest in the brand, as I'm sure you're aware, saying that, that these were the tools for the complete
1: musician. D- do you feel the same, Tony? Are you thinking about the uh, the Atelier, range. Oh, definitely. Well, the word Atelier means an artist's studio, doesn't it? Yeah. No, I couldn't agree with Hector more than... Uh, he's, he's done recordings of major orchestral works, and I've done exactly the same thing at home. I've got an Atelier. I also have the two Roland workstations, the G800 and the 1000 that I've borrowed from... Roland and a digital recording system and my last CD is just that, it's a collection of things including the Rachmaninoff Piano Concerto, the final movement which I did the entire orchestra part uh, using um, uh, the Italia and the other Roland instruments, it, it is a, it's the start of the, is of, the, of the creation if you like sure. yeah. and sometimes I mean I do straight tracks where you just play it in one go other times I feel I want to be able to augment it to get a full symphony orchestra, things that happen independently which you just can't do in right. one go. Yes. I mean you can create an illusion on the concert platform of doing all you know, the instruments at once and with the aid of perhaps doing a little bit of sequencing via the disc you can you know, really fool anyone that it's a full orchestra, but if you're doing a CD or something really special then you can actually disassemble the whole lot and do it part by part if you wish that must be a nice feeling from a, from a musician,
0: irrespective of that it's a keyboard musician, but from, from just the pure music inside you, it must be intriguing to be able to take all those oh, parts I, and, and, and mess about
1: with I it. I revel in it. I'm in our lounge room at the moment. When I left, uh, just before I left, it was a mess of computers and keyboards. And, I mean, it's just a creative studio. It's it, you know, it's like a Someone with a palette full of colours creating a painting. Exactly, yes. Yeah. A little bit of a, of a curious question this
0: perhaps, Tony. Um, you've been sampling our, our peculiar, uh, well, our peculiarly British at least, organ and keyboard festivals while you've been over here. What do you make of all these enthusiasts spending their hard-earned money on uh, holiday camps and places like that?
1: It was a strange bunch, aren't we? <laughs> oh, not really. No, they do it in America too. Um, not so much in Melbourne, although in Melbourne and Australia wide we have a theatre organ convention. They all gravitate to Perth or Melbourne or Sydney or Brisbane or even Tasmania uh, for a convention that lasts about four days, and they do exactly the same thing. I mean, it's it's a getting together with friends, and it's a getting together to talk about music, listen to different artists, and you know, even church organs, not just theatre organs. I think it's a you know, people like to do things. I think they like to get out.
0: Look to the future um, for some some young people who perhaps are listening to this uh, this short conversation today. Tony, we ought to mention that, despite all the, the the compliments and the nice words that we've heard from the the people here at the demonstration today, you actually had a, a non musical career originally. You were in biomedical engineering. That's you?
1: right. <laughs> yes. Well,
0: you, you set that aside obviously to follow a musical path. Was it a difficult decision and? Maybe more of an appropriate thought and question would be, if you were talking to a young person now who was considering the world of music as a mm. career, would you say, yes, go for it, or having had experience of the best of both worlds,
1: think twice? Uh, well, that's a good question. I mean, it depends what you want to do with teaching, uh, with, with music. Teaching does tend to tie you down a little bit but if that's what you really want to do if it's your vacation well great but I felt that I wanted to enjoy music my problem was I had a an electronic mind and I had a lot of other interests and I was really torn between two careers right at the time I enrolled at the university so much so that I enrolled for both courses and could not make my mind up until about two weeks before the university actually opened in 1959 and uh, so I eventually decided that well I want to enjoy music. Now, I don't want it to be my income and sole source of revenue, so I I took the science path. Now, in those days, of course, there were a lot of opportunities in medical research, electronics, and um, I was very electronics bent, if I can use such a word. I think I inherited that from my dad as well. But I just reveled in that career for the first 20, 25 years. And, of course, things... Uh, started to degrade a little bit and uh, you know what the health systems Mm. can be like. Indeed, yes. (laughs) The incentive uh, and the opportunities for doing that sort of development were very, very great back in the 60s and 70s. In fact, we actually built the first pacemaker in Australia that was implanted, uh, uh, an Australian-made one, here at the Royal Melbourne Hospital. And the design was later taken up by a commercial company and... uh, Things. The hospital was actually used as a research centre for yes. many developments that companies actually did, yes. uh, pacemaker related and other monitoring as well, neurology and other aspects of biochemistry and biomedical engineering. But uh, in the later years, of course, I, I became head of department. Of course, once that happens, it's hands off, not hands on, and you become an administrator and an accountant. And, and I sort of, the two careers started to be quite a conflict. Mm-hmm. And I suddenly thought, well, you know, I've had a good backing in the, the main career. It's time now to change do something that you yes. wanted to do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Real. And yeah. from the moment I made that decision, my whole life just changed, you know. And I had uh, my wife. I think she, we, we all decided that things were miles better that way. And I have never been so busy. Well, that that's good news, isn't it, for it any is. for any musician? But I think so. But I think uh, I think soon you must have a good, solid career in something first, and let the music grow. I think. Yes. I think it's got to be... The music's a great outlet. I mean, it was a great contrast to the hospital work and uh, it certainly was a great outlet for me. Without that, I think I would have probably blown a fuse in the last few years. <laughs> I think those are very wise words. Hmm. Tony,
0: can I say it really has been a pleasure to, to talk to somebody who um, I've wanted to speak with for, for many years, but for whatever reason we've not managed to meet up face to face. Thank you for joining me on the programme this week and have the best of luck with the rest of your UK visit. Is it the 19th
1: world tour or something? Oh, I read somewhere. Lo- I've lost count now, <laughs> I don't know. What but the heck? <laughs> it's been wonderful and thank you very much for the opportunity of talking to you and I hope we see each other again fairly soon.